scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only live with the social emotions. My soul is gone and I cry because my throat is The careless whispers of your loosened twins. I was gonna say, um, bad friend. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, you're gay friend. Gay. 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 Wow, that was a great nickelback impression. Nickel pickle. <laughs> I'm pickleback! God damn it. Nice. Oh, shit. I gotta think about how I'm. How I'm starting this shit. <laughs> I thought the way we started it was pretty good. Okay. This is Lots of Pasta, episode 93. Uh, we're here to record the next part of the Lucien Twins. Twins? I, I realized very, uh, very quickly that I put several people's episodes... In between part one and part two, mm-hmm. to the point where someone uh, someone said, "When does this next part come out? I want I want to hear it." Oh, someone I, actually said that. Huh? And I had to say, "Not anytime fucking soon." <laughs> so, got to put the phone down. Oh. So, uh, some some fun shit has been happening recently. Because we're launched on all new platforms now. Uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry. I know you'd like that one. Wow, we're basically bisexual. SoundCloud, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, iTunes. I yeah, think that's, absolutely. I think that's the new. I think that's the new. The new big thing Even is Steve like Steve Jobs from the grave. Listen to this. We podcast. pay for SoundCloud, and today, <laughs> kind of, and today I was. Uh, I was contacted over our Facebook page. Shout out. We do have a Facebook page, so anyone listening can search Lots of Pasta on Facebook and like our page. I pretty much I, I don't do anything there. So it's just going to be updates on episodes and pictures and sometimes funny memes. Ah, so it's like uh, riding in an elevator and all you're listening to is elevator music and never getting to your floor. Absolutely. And uh, today I received a lovely message from uh, a a guy named Icarus232. Um, He's an avid listener and he uh, he contacted me today and said some really awesome shit and I told him I'd give him a shout out. He asked if we had a Patreon and I pretty much said, I don't think I'm ready to accept money from people. (laughs) Yet, I I understand that you're a fan, and I and I love the support, and I love the feedback. Um, shout out to Karyan Hawaiian; he was pretty much the first hardcore fan we got uh, that eventually hopped onto the show yeah. himself because he lives in the area. But shout out to our to our listener listeners over in Colorado. We have we have several listeners over there, including. Icarus two thirty two. That's I C C A R U S two three two. You could follow him on Instagrams. Apparently, he's got some good shit. Anyway, 
In other news, I recently saw uh, A Quiet Place with Tenron Otrin after we recorded what's going to be episode, I think, 94. Um, it's the one uh, after this one. And A Quiet Place was phenomenal. I know you wanted to see it. You you absolutely should. If you have mm-hmm. a free night, it is a wonderful, wonderful little horror flick. Um, I think I'm going to save an in-depth talk about it for someone that's that sees it, though. I, I, I want to most compare it to It Comes at Night, except um, it, it, it actually does something. The movie actually, like A Quiet Place actually does something, where It Comes at Night doesn't really do anything. Well, uh, isn't coming doing something? In other news. <laughs> <clears throat> getting to uh, my guest I have here today. It is, of course, the person I started Lucy and Twins with in what I think is episode... I want to say... 69. Eight, I want to... No. No, that's the bad one. You don't want to reference that episode. <laughs> that's the episode where you get too high and um, you get super embarrassed. Yeah, that was, a, that was a crazy time. You know, I thought my whole body was on fire. My face was melting. You kept telling me to touch your face. It Because it, it was super high. Someone brought it to my attention that I... Um, that I sounded really mean during you, that episode. You were. You were kind of like a, hey, I, I'm paying you for a time slot. Let's uh, That's let's not true. Recording. I didn't say that. I've edited and listened to the episode seven seven times already. It, it was something more along the lines of, don't make me feel bad for getting you high. You're the one who kept smoking. <laughs> I tried cutting you off. It's mm-hmm. like a friend who gets too drunk, people. It's not my fault. Ah. Huh. So you keep, I don't take the responsibility so on this one. So you keep handing me the blood. You, you I see didn't I'm force dying. it upon you. So, so it's like I'm dying on the ground. I didn't and force you it see a defib. I continued to smoke it the rest of the night. And you see a defib and a blunt. And you're like, help me, coach, give me the blunt. <laughs> when you know I need that defib. Brother, give me your hand. And in that hand Let was the king. in that hand was a blunt the size of a tampon. And, uh, then I died. Frowns McBoohoo here, everyone. How yeah, you doing? It's Frowns. Frowns McBoohoo. We're here to read Lucienne Twins Part 2. Um, I don't know what episode that is. I'm going to look real quick just so that I could give it a shout out. Because if you didn't listen to the to the Part 1, you're not going to know what the fuck is going on. It is what I thought it was, which is Episode 88. Ah, that's right, because that is the number of keys on a piano. I think I said that. Did you episode. bring that up? I think I did. Probably. If I didn't, I should kill myself. Something along the lines of, like, imagine these little kids, like, playing a dinky little piano, like... And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna preface you guys, too. Uh, I, I, do not... I even like how the pictures, like, yeah, one of them is pretty blonde, cool. one of them is brunette, you know. Yeah. Key I, elements. Uh, key elements. I, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> um, uh, More like Toulouse. <laughs> I'm terrible. You are terrible. <laughs> and uh, who are those, those kids? Oh no, they're absolutely that. random. It's it's it was free on Google. Okay, well um, I don't remember the. If act. you're looking at the pictures on SoundCloud or YouTube, I don't remember the voices I used for these twins in the last. Episode, <laughs> no, so, no. So um, you know we're we're just gonna start fresh. Actually, I remember. I remember. I absolutely the remember. One dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was when she switched between her and her sister, but it was always like Mother Mary, Mother Mary. Miss Mary, <laughs> um, and then the 
the teacher for some reason was your fucking Southern Belle voice, but I'm dropping that shit immediately. All right, I'll, I'll make because I'm starting this episode. You started the last one. I'm starting this so one. Why'd you even bring me back to this episode? <laughs> why'd everybody try to get rid of me? I'm being fair. You got parts one and three last time. And if I'm wrong about that, everyone shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I'm gonna start with part four. Um, I don't remember if they had titles, and if they did, I don't remember. I think they did, but you know what? Fuck it. Guys, I got a new mantra for you. Hey, it's Browns. I'm just gonna squeeze into this mic here. Yeah. So, I got a mantra for you. Yeah, man. You got shit going wrong in your life. People are fucking assholes to you at work. Yeah. Everything's going wrong. Your friend dies. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> no. <laughs> You shouldn't you have said take that last one. All right, but we're gonna back up that last one because you should absolutely. We care lost about a that. friend recently, and it's been it's been super tough. But R.I.P. But uh, back to before that. <laughs> fuck, fuck it. it. <laughs> you got something stressing you out in life. Mom's being a bitch. Boss is being a bitch. Got an office Your mom cunt. Boss is being a bitch. Nah, I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> Nanny boss. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Your boss is being a bitch. <laughs> Your wife's being a bitch. Your girlfriend's being a bitch. Your fucking dog's being a bitch. Well, guess what? That dog's a female. It is technically a bitch. Your side hoe's being a bitch. She's getting all up in her feels. Your side side hoe's being a bitch. Wow, how many sides do you have? Can I have one in the front, back, and right? Do I just have, like, a, a gaggle of side hoes? That would be a gaggle. That would be the, the circumference of a gaggle. Fuck it! Fuck <laughs> it. Fuck them right to death. Let's uh, let's make this country great again. <laughs> We're reading Lucienne Twins. Uh, are, are you ready? Do you rem- do we want to do a recap? It's been a l- it's been a hot minute. So if I remember, <clears throat> yeah, uh, the last time we left off with the twins or twin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we just discovered that the uh, the mother was dead. Correct. The mom was dead, dead in the house, and she was talking to her ghost. And the teacher. Said that she was going to take her back to her house. To her apartment. Tried to adopt her. Tried to adopt. But so. before that, there was uh, there was an asshole kid with a Nazi grandfather who said, Hold this, talk to my talk to my Nazi grandfather, and she went nuts and cut off her ear. And then a year later when the teacher is fired uh, and works at a new school, the kid is transferred there because she's the only teacher that can take care of her. Her ear is sewn back on, looks like it never fell off, and this time there's uh, a, a couple of cunts that give her uh, what is it like a, a something from like a convict or something or, or a murderer or something yeah. I forget. So this translation is super loose. I mean, I mean, I've uh, this is looser than like your. Grandma. She loses her shit. No, no, she, her pen goes missing, and the girls steal her pen, and that's how she communicates with her um, with her uncle, who's like the only like living. We don't know it yet, but it's confirmed later. Like only living relative in her life that cares about her, and he's in I think jail or far away in like a retirement home or something. And he dies. He has like a heart attack, and she misses talking to him and communicating with him and saving his life basically um, because these girls uh, steal her conduit. But you how, really how should, she how she does the ooky spook. But you really should go back and, and listen to the podcast because there's so many yeah, other details but this is, in but there. But this is you know it's also been six weeks, so you know 
we do have to give them a little bit of a refresher. They shouldn't have to listen to 88 and then come back and listen to this episode. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that's kind of like a cop-out. That's how the playlists work. Shout out to the playlists. I put playlists on YouTube and on SoundCloud where you can just listen to an entire reader and all of their stories. Like, you know, you got episodes 1, 2, 8, 20... I mean, I know I'm Just your favorite, so you gotta, you gotta listen to all of mine. One, two, five, six, eight. Shit, I forgot about the Christmas special. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, uh, but everyone has playlists. You could listen to everyone's episodes. Ten Roms and Django's get lots of hits. Good shit. We, we just got back from dinner, a really great dinner with uh, Spam and Cam. And uh, it, was a, it was a really fun time. And I'm a little uh, woozy-mabloozy. And uh, I smoked, I smoked a fatty. I smocked. Smocked a fatty. What is smocked? Fatty. What is stoned? Lucian twins. More like the faded twins. Faded. More like the loose twins. (laughs) After we're done with them, right, brother? (laughs) (laughs) Part four. I never realized it, but the school day only revealed a small portion of the Abigail's quirks. There were small things she did, things so innocuous that they were unnoticed until one day they became far too obvious. Like the way she climbed the stairs. It was as if she held a weight and each step was a struggle. Or how she ate far more than should have been healthy for her age. Or her obsession with anything old. The adoption process went smoothly, especially since the end of the year had arrived and she was no longer in my class. I forgot about the gloves. She has, like, rogue powers. She wears gloves, and when she takes them off, she could use things, like old things, as conduits to contact ghostsies. Ghosty ghosts. By the end of the week, we returned to her house to collect her things. The local authorities had removed the body of her mother. The videotape was all the evidence they required for her cause of death. There was no funeral since Abigail was her last living relative. As I brought boxes from my car, Abigail rushed to her room, sliding out a chest from underneath her bed and throwing it open. A dozen objects rattled about inside, and she touched each to make sure it was there. There was a picture, so hashtag faded, that I couldn't make it out. A shoelace, a ring, and a bottle cap among her treasures. And there among the trash shined Bridget's locket. Abigail, what are these? I asked, picking up the ring. Don't touch that, Miss Mary! It'll make you sad! Said Abigail, pushing my hand down. Why's that, Abigail? I think it's pretty. Pretty things can be sad too, Miss Mary. And that's one there. She pointed to the bottle cap. Makes me feel happy. But the baseball, that ball makes me angry. So angry. She clenched a fist. Like Arthur. (laughs) When you're giving your sis that good good and she calls out your brother's name. (laughs) Why would you hold it then? For their stories. Sometimes I like feeling angry. Bridget likes feeling angry. Who did these belong to? I don't know all of them, but they're gone now. (laughs) This is all that's left. Just the pieces left behind. Abigail, how does the locket make you feel? I asked. The locket puts me to sleep, Miss Mary. 
Bridget loves it when I wear it, but I think it makes me sleep too much sometimes. She took the box to my car and put it in the back seat. When she wasn't looking, I took it back to the kitchen and hid it in the cupboard. Bitch. She needed real toys to play with, and I had made up my mind to stamp out some of Abigail's stranger habits. How hasn't she picked up on this kid's, like, ability? I don't know. I mean, when you bury yourself in, like, you know, big dicks and coke all the time, you know, it's hard to see the the other simple things. I don't think Miss Mary is... She's like a second grade teacher. (laughs) Oh, no, I was talking about the twin. Abigail. Abigail. But when we finished packing up and I returned to the car, the box was on the dashboard. Abigail had not left my sight the entire trip. As we pulled into the parking space at my apartment, Hank, my border collie, scrambled out the doggy door to meet her. Abigail outstretched a hand to pet him and his ears folded as his tail tucked between his legs. When her fingers brushed against his fur, he growled, baring his teeth and backing into the house. It's always a bad sign. Dogs have, like, a sense for those things. So do cats. Yeah, but cats are more intuitive about it, like they're more usually positive. Mm. Like a like a mediator, where dogs look at it as a threat. After we finished unpacking, Abigail helped me cook dinner. I decided upon chicken parmesan and gave her the task of picking basil and oregano from my window. Basil. Herb garden. Her, her window herb <laughs> herb garden. Yeah, I bet you picked out a little bit more for Abigail. <laughs> I minced them and combined them in the sauce. Sauce! And Abigail said it was the best meal that she had eaten in weeks. Compared to gummy worm sandwiches, I'm sure that it was. After dinner, we listened to the tinkling of a piano from the apartment upstairs. Tinkly, tinkly, tinkly. taking a piss on you? An old lady lived up there, Mrs. Hawthorne. And she taught lessons in the evening to pay for rent. Can't I learn? Asked Abigail, and immediately I agreed. This is just the hobby she needed. I introduced her to Mrs. Hawthorne the next day, and the old lady smiled, pinching Abigail's cheek. She looks just like my own Gabby here, she commented, and after we negotiated prices, walked away on her cane. Miss Hawthorne constantly made comments about the past, and I often wondered if she was developing dementia, or should have been placed in an old folks' home. For dinner that night, we cooked homemade pizza when Abigail brought in the herbs. They were already brown instead of green and healthy. Abigail, you have to pick from the living parts of the plant, not the bits that have fallen off. I did miss me. <laughs> dog My dog wants its attention. Give me attention. I need it now. <laughs> there. Rars. <laughs> I did miss Mary. I did miss Mary. Here, let me show you how. I never realized it. Sure, you did that correctly. No, no. no you didn't. <laughs> you did shit. Ah, shit. I walked out onto the balcony. <laughs> off. I walked out onto the balcony, but the parsley and oregano plants were dead. Frowning, I chose time instead, but everyone knows it doesn't go with that fucking dish. Ew. Abigail was quick to learn piano. I listened to her from below and heard her notes progress from fumbling to staccato to fluid. After two weeks, I signed the $80 check made out to Miss Hawthorne and slipped it through the mail slit. 
eighty dollars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The next time she saw me in the hall, she stopped me. Mary, your check for the lessons came up a little short. No, it didn't. I said, hoping not to embarrass her. We agreed upon twenty dollars per lesson on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Why, yes, Mary, but I don't do package deals. That's only one person. Lessons for two are thirty dollars each, and that one girl wears me out like no other. I scrutinized Miss Hawthorne. You look here, you wrinkled <laughs> The <bitch>. wrinkles on <laughs> her forehead looked deeper than usual, and she leaned heavier on her cane. Perhaps Alzheimer's really was setting in. There was only one, I said. Oh, Mary, I'm old, but not that old. She wagged a finger at me and continued walking, coughing as she turned the corner. <coughs> <coughs> Goddamn ganjas got me in my rocker. Those herbs from that garden that, helps my alopecia. That dank. Abigail. I asked that night. Have you been going to piano lessons with anyone else? Just me and Bridget, Miss Mary. I paused, a creeping suspicion tingling. What made you want to start taking lessons, Abigail? I like the way it sounds, she said. And Bridget said she wanted to meet Miss Hawthorne. Why is that? She said Miss Hawthorne had a gift for her. Abigail refused to disclose any further details. At night, I could hear her rummaging around in her treasure box. During the day, I could hear her play piano. Over the weeks, I saw the brunette streak of her hair continue to grow among the blonde, as if it were taking territory. And I saw Miss Hawthorne's hair change from gray to white, her skin pale, and her movements become shakier. Perhaps it was the shock of her dead mother finally setting in, but Abigail's attention span was shrinking. Sometimes I would see her do her chores twice, as if she had forgotten, and I found myself repeating things to her multiple times before she would hear them. Unless I was right next to her, I'd catch her staring deep off into space, or murmuring to herself. And even when I held her hand, she was always fidgeting and wringing out her dress. Sometimes she would sleep with me, saying, I don't want to go to bed tonight, Miss Mary. I want to stay here. Go away where? I'd ask, already knowing the answer. With Bridget. Mommy's there. And Grandpa. Sometimes it's hard coming back. Sometimes I want to stay there forever. But if I stay too long, I'll never come back. Shh, you're here with me now. Bridget says she can take you there too. (laughs) You just have to put on her locket. No, I'll stay here, Abigail. I'll stay here with you. There was no way in hell I was putting on that locket. Mrs. Hawthorne's there sometimes, she would mumble as her eyes drooped. And then we would fall asleep and my dreams would be troubled and her fidgeting combined with the coldness of her small body would wake me deep in the night. Miss Hawthorne died in her sleep on a Thursday night. Her caretaker, who met Abigail several times by now, found her during a morning checkup. 
The caretaker knocked on my door as the funeral home removed the body, holding out a silver-chained object. I believe this belongs to your daughter, Mary. Miss Hawthorne had it around her wrist this morning. I'm sure Abigail must have left it at her lesson, he said. Put it on the counter. I responded, refusing to hold out my hand. Bridget's locket clanked as it came in contact with the cold granite and the caretaker left. I almost called for Abigail, but there was something I had to know first. I logged into my computer and opened up a mapping website. It was easy to find Abigail's house and I enlarged it viewing the satellite image. A timestamp of revealed the image to have been taken two months before I had adopted Abigail. Everything looked the same except for the dead oak trees in her front yard. Verdant green leaves covered every branch. I called Abigail in from the next room. Abigail, where did your sister's locket come from? From Mommy. Who did your mother get it from? From Grandpa. After he died, he kept it after the crash. Abigail, what gift did you say that Miss Hawthorne gave your sister? I asked. Her years, Miss Mary, whispered Abigail. Outside, in my windowsill garden, my other herbs were already brown, just like the streak in Abigail's hair. Damn, my dank herbs! <laughs> Ruined. Bitch, done took my herbs! Bitch, done took my herbs! She took my herbs! Took my herbs! I, I think we should just continue with you on voices and me on reading. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty even split. Took my, she took my herbs! She took my Hello, herbs. little dog. You're she a little took shit. took my herbs! Part five. The birthday. I hid the locket away in my dresser drawer, folded away between two folded socks. Two days later, Hank was curled under the bed as if there was a thunderstorm outside, and I found the locket intertwined in the name tag of his collar. That poor dog. Under the bed was dark, but his whiskers looked grayer than usual. I removed it with gloves and brought it to Abigail. She shouted. Where has it been? I kept it in one of my drawers. Did you move it? No, Miss Mary. You have to keep it in a treasure box. She said as if it was all well-known fact. Why is that? Because that's where she belongs. In the fucking box. That's where they all belong. She talks to the others in there. The others? Yes, Miss Mary. They're all in there. Then she took out the locket and put it in her treasure chest. And for months, I forgot about it until her birthday. I never celebrated Abigail's birthday as a teacher. It was May 28th, too deep in the summer for her to be in the class. She was turning nine. And for her year before the introduction of double digits, I suggested we throw a party. <laughs> what a story, Mark! Great uh, party! What a great party, Mark! <laughs> you fucked my my Did fiance. I, I didn't get to tell you on May fourth and fifth, Tommy Wiseau is going to be in Philly at a screening of The Room. Bridget and I would love a party! She exclaimed, and for the rest of that afternoon, we wrote invitations. Abigail insisted we send them to everyone she had met in school since kindergarten, plus some extras. So by the end of the day, there were Sanvindi envelopes around the table. Her party was in a week, so we mailed them the next day, stamped and addressed. I don't like where this is going. Something bad's gonna happen. 
I didn't have the heart to tell her here, but 65 of the letters were returned in the mail two days before her party. Abigail had accidentally added an extra digit to the zip code on them. I hoped that she would have forgotten about the party, but that was all she would talk about. Bridget is so excited! She said the day before. Do you think that people will bring us presents? I'm sure they will, I replied. Abigail, I'm not sure how... She's ready for the gift and we can't wait! (laughs) Stop being so high-pitched. How do you fucking not tell me how to act? You're right. right. Abigail, I'm not sure how big this party is going to be. I think a lot of people may be out of town. It's okay, Miss Mary. Bridget says that everyone that she wants to come will be there. She fucked with all the regular regular kids and just wants the the ones that wronged her. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to go carry... Then the day arrived and the doorbell rang five times. First was Thomas, the brute who had forced Abigail to hold the Nazi button in kindergarten. Second was Natalie, followed shortly by Jane, who had stolen Abigail's pen. Fourth and fifth were two children I didn't recognize, Riley and David, but Abigail said were from her first grade class. I had heard their names before at night when she cried in her sleep. Five letters had been sent, and the five visitors were there. Abigail smiled wide and clapped her hands, seemingly unaware the sole guests were her tormentors. Though there were party games, they sat in silence at the kitchen table. Spin the bottle, right? Natalie and Jane huddled together while Thomas picked at the scab on his forearm. I watched over them, protective of Abigail, and cut the double-layer cake into portion-sized pieces. Never before had I seen children their age so still were so quiet. They ate. Any conversation echoed off the walls and died down, stifled down immediately by an invisible force. Abigail smiled, and that was what I cared about. But there was more to it than that. She seemed like she was waiting for something. Half an hour passed, and Natalie and Jane proposed a game. Everyone wrote on sheets of paper and cut them up, then mixed them around into two bowls. One was for questions, and one was for answers. said Abigail, and they offered it to her. She reached in and drew out a long question strip and read it aloud. Oh yeah, gotta get it really nice, good right here. Oh yeah, give me a second. How many friends will be in your life forever? Then she pulled out a smaller strip of paper. Five! Five friends with me! I'm so lucky. Maybe it's the five of you? She said, her voice inflecting on the last sentence. The others shifted in their seats. Thomas went next. He read his slow, stumbling over the words, and I recalled that he had never scored well on any of his tests. Today, Junior! Then Natalie. How many years until you die? Draw two. And from where I stood behind the counter, I could see the sparkling blue ink that had written the note. She reached into the bowl and pulled out two slips. You're not supposed to leave any blank, she said. And the other one's a zero. Looks like I'll live forever. She laughed, but the laughter was hollow against my ears. Ha <laughs> Abigail laughed too. <laughs> but not at the joke. It was the type of laugh of someone who knew something that you didn't. 
They continued until it was time for presents and Abigail opened her gifts. Natalie had bought her a box of multicolored pens and I frowned at the irony. When Abigail finished, she looked up expectantly and asked, What about Bridget's gifts? Abigail, I don't think they brought anything for Bridget. I said, Well, it's her birthday too and but she should have presents. It's only fair. Did none of you bring her a gift? They shook their heads. And Abigail frowned. Bridget says that you each have something she wants. Wait here. She ran upstairs and returned with her treasure box, popping open the lid. I don't have anything, said Natalie. She had one eye on the door and the other on the clock. In five minutes, the party would be over. Yes, you do. Bridget says she wants her hair tied. Fine, take it. Okay, said Natalie and handed over a bright pink elastic band. Abigail put it in the box. Bridget wants a hug, too, Abigail said, and held her arms wide. I could see both her lockets dangling from around her neck. Natalie huffed, and they embraced, and for an instant, Bridget's locket brushed against her neck. She inhaled sharply and backed away, but for the second Abigail held her, I thought I could hear something like whispers. But then the hug was broken, and Natalie shrunk into the corner. Her eyes looked dimmer, as if someone had taken the brightness out of them, and her cheeks blue, as if she had just come in from a cold walk. Each of them took their turn, with Thomas going last. He hovered away from her, reluctant to move, and placed a chair in between the two of them. Go on, I said, and pulled the chair away. He he deserved it. Cocksucker. Once Abigail let go, he shook until his mother arrived. When the school year started again, I could hear Natalie and Jane's screams down the hall from their nightmares at nap time. Thomas was expelled from his school after biting another child's finger off during a fight. I never heard what happened to Riley and David. None of them were ever the same. There was something missing about them, something subhuman, almost animal. Abigail? I asked when they had left. Did you know before the party that they had gifts for Bridget? Yes, Miss Mary? What exactly did they give her? It's just like my question paper in the game said. Now they're in our lives forever. Now Bridget has a piece of them. Why would Bridget want a piece of them? She says it makes her stronger. Stronger? She looked me in the eyes and I shivered. The streak of brunette in her hair fell across her forehead. How else is she gonna come back? Nice. Oh, shit. Fucking, fucking shit. So it was like a long con. It wasn't quite a carry situation. It was more like a... Yeah. She's like sucking it's like a voodoo. their lives. Yeah, it's like a voodoo thing. It's almost like she has possession or some kind of contract with them. Some unspoken, like, physical bond. It's interesting. I don't... I don't um, it's moving real quick, and I really like it, and I, th- I think this is the last part, at least I, I, I assume so. I might be wrong. What, did, what, do you, what do you think before we finish it off? I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, wh- how do you think it's going to end, if you had any guess? She's going to get the teacher. You think she's going to get the teacher? I think she's going to think. I think what I'm leading towards is uh, Abigail's going to be com- completely gone, and uh, 
Bridget is gonna take over and her hair is just gonna be all all brunette and it's gonna be like uh it's gonna be like Abigail never existed. See, I th- like the records might even say that that Bridget's the one who survived, not Abigail, and it might be the teacher like going nuts. But I think it the teacher's gonna be like the last step. To yeah, come back. to get the rest of the hair. Yeah, unless it's gonna be those two kids that we didn't hear like anything about. Yeah, like where did they even come from? I thought that was odd. I don't. You don't think that they could have just survived off of the three? Is that too small of a number? Is, is, may, is part, may, f- part five, five kids? like They might bring out part six to be that Interesting. Kids. Yeah, they might. They might. I like it, though. It's good. All right. Part six. The final part. I've always loved happy endings, but you won't find one here. And as Abigail said, even sad things can be pretty. It was the Friday before the first week of school, and I had just finished buying Abigail's school supplies. There was a new bright red backpack, crayons still orderly in the box, and notebooks with no ink to blemish their pages. Abigail had taken to wearing both lockets now. I never remembered them being magnetic, but now they stuck together, forming a full heart. I'd given up telling her not to wear it, though when I hid it, she scoured the house until she found it. It never took long. It was almost as if she could smell it. (laughs) I promised Abigail that I would make her funnel cakes after dinner. They were a favorite dessert, and since I owned a countertop deep fryer, easy to make. While the oil heated, and I hand-mixed the batter, I heard her muttering to herself behind me. Usually I would ignore it, but by the time I had mixed in the sugar, her voice had increased both in loudness and in intensity to the point where she was screaming. No! There isn't room! There's no room for two! Abigail, honey, what's wrong? I asked, putting an arm around her shoulder, but she twisted away. Bridget's not listening to me. She won't listen. Hush, Abigail. Everything's going to be all right. No, it won't! She shouted. It won't! She tugged at the locket around her neck with one hand and cupped the other to her ear. Both of us won't fit. It won't work. She punctuated each word with another yank on the silver chain. With a snap, the clasp broke, releasing the locket. The chain entangled itself in her streak of brunette hair and her weaving into the strands as Abigail's screams grew louder. For a full five minutes, I worked to free the chain as Abigail struggled underneath me. She won't let me go! She shouted over and over through her tears. She calmed down when the locket finally was in my hands. Abigail, I don't think you should wear this anymore. I said, pocketing it. Wow, she's fucking stealing from a kid. <laughs> what scum. <laughs> Achievement. <laughs> Stole a locket from kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you, Miss Mary, but Bridget makes me. I'm going to keep this for a while. Bridget won't like that. Not at all. She said. Well, sometimes it's about what you like, not what she does. I began pouring the batter into the oil, and the vigorous sizzling displaced the sound of Abigail's sniffs. She wiped away the tears as the first cake finished, and I loaded it with powdered sugar. (laughs) My shoelace caught against something under the table as I turned away to cook another cake, and I tripped, stumbling against the counter and catching myself inches away from the fryer. The tips of my hair dipped into the basin in a bubble pop to splash scalding oil on my exposed cheek. I could feel my skin cook, and for years afterwards, a red burn splotch reminded me of the incident. Oh, so she's still... 
I wiped myself down with a paper towel and checked my shoelace for what I had tripped on. A silver chain gleamed from my right foot and Bridget's locket was twisted in and out of the string. I felt my pocket, and there was a hole I had not noticed, and the locket must have slipped down my leg with my jeans. I told you she wouldn't like that, said Abigail, but I ignored her. I turned the fryer on low, even though there was still plenty of batter left, I felt more comfortable with the heat source removed. She says she's not waiting any longer, Miss Mary, said Abigail, her voice small. She says she doesn't want to wait any longer. It's all right, Abigail. I'll keep the locket with me tonight. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. We retired to bed not long after, as I wanted Abigail to have a few nights of full sleep during her first day. And I want to get my ass fucked. Something fell off as I fell asleep, but I pushed the thought away. Something always felt off now with Abigail in the house. The barking of Hank from outside my room woke me up. Hey, the dog's still alive. Nice. The air was thick with smoke when I sat up and the particles clawed at my eyes and jammed into my nostrils. I coughed twice before I noticed the telltale orange glow of a house fire beneath my door. An instant later, the fire alarm screamed to life, and I knew I had forgotten to turn off the fryer. I ran to Abigail's room, where she was still curled beneath the covers and mouthing her incessant muttering. She was harder to wake than usual, and I shook her by the shoulders softly at first, then violently when she failed to stir. Abigail! I shouted. Abigail! Her eyes cracked open, and she peered around, dazed. We're awake, Miss Mary. She said when she caught my eye. Abigail, there's a fire! We have to get out now! Get up! Abigail says she's coming. She said with a yawn, with a whoosh. Whoosh! With a whoosh, whoosh. fire in the other room intensified. And I was alarmed to see the size. Brunette's streak in her hair had doubled. Let's go! I yanked at her hand and she stood stumbling towards the door. She walked clumsily like someone who had been in the hospital for a long time and was unused to the feel of her own legs. The heat had become stifling as flames spread from the kitchen to the ceiling. I heard the kitchen tiles shattering from temperature and held a cloth over Abigail's face to filter out the smoke. The wood frames within the walls had already begun to catch, and the entire apartment creaked as the sports burned away. Abigail, this way! I shouted when she turned the wrong direction. We had reached the kitchen where the fire was the most intense, and she had her hand against the doorknob. The bathroom doorknob. The sizzle of her flesh was audible against the brass, but she held it there, unaware of any pain. In the other hand, I could see both lockets, though I had placed one in my dresser drawer before bed. She stamped her foot and turned back to face me. Her face was contorted, and she yelled the next sentence at me. I'm Bridget, not Abigail. Bridget. Before I could argue, there was an ear-shattering crack at a section of the roof gave away. With a flurry of sparks, chunks of drywall and boards came raining down upon Abigail. She screamed as an enormous board crashed against her forehead, and as she fell, she slammed her right hand against my side. I gasped as both lockets embedded themselves point-first into me, piercing through my skin and sliding in between two of my ribs. Abigail stood, blood rushing from above her eyebrow. I'm back, Miss Mary! She said. Let's get out of here! She ran ahead of me, pulling me through the worst of the fire. The smoke was so thick I couldn't see, but she knew the way. 
She knew the way. She knew the way. And the moments we stumbled out onto my porch and into the lawn, into the distance, I could hear sirens. We stopped when we could no longer feel the heat, and we embraced. What happened back there? I asked. I'm so sorry, Miss Mary. When the board hit me, she left. I don't have to listen to her anymore. <laughs> Let me wrap that cut up for you, Abigail. I've turned, I've turned into... Like a small version of the Southern <laughs> No, I've turned into... What's her face from Kung Pao? This entire time, Abigail has been Ling. It's Young Ling. No one believes my father. She hugged me again. For what, Abigail? What did this one? <laughs> My name's Miss Betty. <laughs> Betty. I understand it now. And Miss Mary, it wasn't your fault. Remember that? I saw you turn the fryer off. It doesn't matter now that you're safe. Abigail gave me a half smile and continued. Everything's better now, Miss Mary. And Bridget wants me to let you know that she's Maybe it was the dark, or a swaying bush in the illuminated firelight, but across the road I could have sworn I saw the figure of a small girl waving. I have to go now, Miss Mary, but I'll always be with you. I'll always be here. She put a hand against my side where blood was spilling over the lockets. I hope you don't I borrowed one of your years to tell you this. <laughs> Remember, it wasn't your fault. What are you doing, Abigail? Leaving! Leaving to go home! It's dark, but I think I can make it. She said and yanked the lockets out of my ribcage. I gasped, falling to my knees, and I could hear her saying above me, To see you soon, Miss Mary. But her body was in front of me and the gash across her head was no longer bleeding. Her eyes were glazed, and no trace of brunette was left in her hair. She had died as soon as the board had hit her in the head. According to interrogations of the other tenants after the incident, I had carried her dead body from the flames and laid her in the grass before passing out. For weeks afterward, my psychiatrist warned me of the dangers of the fumes within burning houses, and I should let any hallucinations that I may have had go. But Abigail had been too real, and there was still the hole in my side where the lockets had been. And the day after the incident, I found my first three gray hairs in the mirror. I felt the guilt for years afterwards, but with time I came to realize that the fault did not lie upon me. Somehow I knew. Bridget did not belong in this world, and when she finally gained the strength from all those stolen years and pieces of those who still lived to step into it, fate had cast her back out. Both times. By fire, she had left. The firemen saved what they could from the building. Everything I owned had been destroyed, save for a small wooden box that was completely unmarred in the small guest room. 
Abigail's treasure box. And when I took it from their hands, I came to know how Abigail had been touched by death. When I held the lockets, I felt the distant echoes of the twins. I felt Abigail's emotions, her misery over her sister's death, and Bridget's envy of her sister's life, but I felt other objects too. I felt the anger Abigail had felt when touching the baseball, and the sadness of a broken couple in the ring, and I heard the screams of the children from the birthday party and their gifted objects. Abigail was right. When we leave from this world, there are pieces left behind. There were times when I looked into the mirror, I could see the twins' figures behind me, but when I blinked, they disappeared. Or when I would be walking alone and could hear two small sets of footsteps to my side and would feel a tug against my dress. My side would ache, and I'd clutch the scar where the lockets had been. I'd relive the nightmares Abigail experienced and would awake to the sound of the muttering. And now to this day, Abigail's last sentence still rings in my head as I count my gray hairs each morning. See you soon, Miss Mary. Soon. I will never forget the Lucienne twins. Even after ten years, they are still fresh in my memory. Too fresh. Take too me. fresh, too furious. Take me, Miss Mary! Take oh. me, Manny! Oh, but I don't want you to think I'm a slut. Epilogue. Oh, never mind. This is the... This this uh this author has apparently more tales of spoopy shit. Mm. Nice. That was uh Yeah, that's kind of a that's a stupid byline. That doesn't really matter. I want to share my stories with you. No offense to whoever wrote that if they do listen to this, but that was fucking stupid. To end it with like <laughs> I want to sh- that was one story and Mary was quite fucked up over it. Well, here are more stories. I cannot promise you Mary will be in all of them. Hey, I heard you like my story. My story holds. Grab my story folds. <laughs> Grab my story flaps. You piece of shit. Suck on them, you piece of shit. So, story holds. Um, so that that was a nice like hour yeah, I, episode. Do, you don't want to read anything else, do you? I think that... I think that's sweet. I think that's sweet. Because I think the... Uh, unless you're around... First bum and comes next episode sometime soon. This might be your last episode before, before 100. 100 people still haven't talked about it. Not to anyone. I mean, people on the show. I haven't revealed it to the podcast what we're doing for 100. But what did you think of Lucienne Twins? It was great. It was absolutely it was a, it was a solid story. And and to be honest, we've had we've had a slew of really weird stories recently. Um, eighty nine and ninety was a was a crazy ride of a Ouija board. It was kind of like the plot of Veronica. In ninety four, we read more Slenderman. In uh, in ninety two, I think we have the City Special, or in ninety one, we have the City Special. It's one of those. Um, there are some good episodes. There are some crazy ones. Um. But yeah, I love feedback. If anyone really liked this episode, you know, follow us on YouTube, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, however you listen to us. Yeah, I, I just, you know, contact us over the Facebook. If you if you like and follow us on Facebook, I have no problem talking to people. I, I got some references on some stories I should read soon. And I, and I just want to say, like, in general... Um, we have a lot of good stuff coming up, even after 100, that I have planned. 
Um, we're going to read The Spire in the Woods. We're going to read Baraska. We're going to read a lot more crazy shit, longer shit. After, after 100, we're going to read more literary stuff. I think I got some Stephen King, some more Alvin Schwartz. We're just, we're going to get a little bit more in-depth with it, but I think the first hundred, we're going to go out the same way we came in, which is just shorter stories, shorter episodes before we get there. I I hope everyone enjoyed the Lucienne twins. I know I did. Even if I do just think of the Lutes twins the entire time. Exactly. Um, Shout out to Bioshock Infinite. You got any, uh, you got any wise words you want to leave us with, Franz, Franz McBoosus? Um, well, I gotta take a shit. Fuck it. And the whole life is the go life. Nice. That's good. I like that one. It's the model to live by. That's a good one. I could get that tattooed. I'm gonna fucking get it tattooed on my nipple. Hey, you wanna hold my pasta holes? Or if you're vegetarian, (laughs) my eye holes. Schmeckles pasta. (laughs) Golden Schmeckles. Yeah, if I had if I had to compare my bowel movements to anything right now, oh my god, I would definitely say it's like um, it's like the ending of Lord of the Rings: Return of the King with Mount Doom interrupting Donald Trump's presidency. Whoo, he's still. I mean, as of recording this, he's he's still there. He you is. know, Paul Ryan left today, but um, but as of as of right now, he's still here. So we'll we'll see if by the time this episode comes out in like. I don't know, 20 weeks, I think. <laughs> we have a 20-episode reach over current episodes right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this episode's going to come out next year. Holy shit. Maybe. Maybe. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's do the quick math. Let's do the quick math. What episode comes out this week? Seven, and uh, seven while four. Mr. Death is away seven, four, seven, and five, doing six, math, six, I'm going to talk six, for a little bit. It's <laughs> going. This is a, this, you know, this, this podcast is all about talk beaver and all about getting that puss. I myself am a poon hound and I, uh, you know, I like to this take gonna a dip in. This is going to come out August. This like, is going to come out in August, dude. Uh, wow. I, How nuts is that? That is nuts. I like the sniz. And I like to get it on the fucking rag, man. Just fucking looking that sweet old. You know, I just puss. I just gotta end this by saying you're the straightest fucking guy. I know. Ah, man, you know what? I'm, I'm fucking straight, straight edge, and straight shooting too. Like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s acting career. Hey, that that Snow Dogs movie was a great. <laughs> Piece of no, really. Film. I, I got. I gotta turn this off. I gotta take a shit. All right. Screw you. Fuck it. <laughs>